tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Welcome to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. That's spelled with a couple K's. My name is Mike Spiegelman. I'm your special host tonight. <laughs> Pam Benjamin. Let's get up for Pam Benjamin, who hosts this show, who is the lifeblood of what you're listening to right now, and that is mutinyradio.fm, where we stream live, and we have archived shows, and we have a lot of great stuff. Just go type in mutinyradio.fm. It's so simple, it'll send you over to pcrcollective.org. But from there, you can listen, and you could donate. Click the donate button. Give five bucks on PayPal. How hard is that? We'll be starting in a hot second, so we'll see you there in a hot second. This is Tuchel Matters with Mute in the Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shit. Squirrels, dog, and dead peasants? I done love me some mutiny radius. Woohoo! Please give it up for your host, Mike Spiegelman, everybody. Thank you very much. Well, I hope this works. Joanne, do you see the meter working? Hi, my name is Mike Spiegelman. Welcome to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse, uh, the greatest place on earth. I am your host. My name is Mike Spiegelman. I am very excited to be hosting the greatest show ever made. We have the best comedians here, so you are so lucky uh, to listen to it. You know, they say a stop clock tells the right time twice a day, but a broken toilet, you could use that anytime. Just go ahead and just piss right in there. I'm writing fortune cookies. I think they're all comedians. Oh no, there we go. All right, fair enough, they are all comedians. A little bit about myself, I dated a magician. Didn't help her act. <laughs> She would say, Mike, pick a card. And I'd say, oh, honey, you, you choose. You pick. I got a job interview today. I went to uh, apply for the job as CEO of Salesforce, which shocked the recruiter. The recruiter said, what do you, you even Go to my father, excuse me. What even makes you think you could be a CEO of Salesforce? I said, well, strangers call me boss all the time. How's it going, boss? Here's your cup of coffee, boss. You look like Tony Soprano, boss. <laughs> Anytime someone calls me boss, I say, thanks, employee. <laughs> Great to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. Let's give it up for our doorman, Jonathan. Woo! Not a good job. Not a good look. I love San Francisco. 
known for its taquerias. I just came from my favorite taqueria, Jack in the Box. <laughs> and I said, hey, yeah, keep it down, man. Center of attention. We could fucking hear you standing by a door. Am I right? <laughs> but he's performing, right? Yeah. He's not no. a comedian? Did he pay? Uh, no. Well, we were entertained twice. Courtesy of me and my ventriloquist dummy outside. I'm throwing my voice. Fair taqueria? I'm not even going to tell you. Oh, shit, I told you. It's Jack in the Box. I was over there, and I said, look, I want like a monster taco. And they said, well, we're all out. I said, well, give me something comparable. And he did. He punched me in my stomach. <laughs> and then I took a shit. I love San Francisco. I don't think I've ever been to the beach once. Is that weird? Every, anytime someone says, I'm going to the beach in San Francisco, you always say the same thing. Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you, are you feeling suicidal? Do you want to talk? Only people who want to kill themselves wind up in the beaches in San Francisco. It's just like, head straight over. Polar Bear Club. You notice there's less members of the Polar Bear Club by the end of their season? It's because they all drown themselves. Yeah, keep it down out there. <laughs> a little bit about myself. I created the pretzel stick. True story. I was at the pretzel factory, and my boss said, Spiegelman, twist these pretzels. I said, fuck that. And that's how pretzel sticks were created. Because I didn't do my job. That's the best part. Sorry, I'm looking at my... I can never finish a Lego set because the pieces are so goddamn tasty. <laughs> like, well, my appetite is sated, but I'm missing 20 pieces. <laughs> been reading, I've been picking up books I, I put down, picked up the other day, How to Solve the Rubik's Cube. Picked up a book. How to solve a Rubik's Cube. Rule one, learn to read. Rule two, no dead air. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, the last book I read, I put down. I didn't finish it. It was Where's Waldo? I hit an epiphany. Perhaps we are all Waldo. And maybe I'm the one who's lost. Perhaps, which explains why I walk around in a wool cap. And uh, I would never wear those stripes. Maybe 25 years ago, I, I wore stripes like that because I was a raver, but I just wouldn't do it now. Do you guys are ravers? Do you guys go to rave? Do you guys call a number and then hand some food, non-perishable food to someone and then they give you an address? You missed out. <laughs> Boy. I go to the library a lot. Do you know how many books you could take out maximum in one day at the public library? Eight. Eight? Ten. Ten? Shrug? 
Nod. Fifteen. Fifteen. Shrug. Fifty. Five zero. You could take that on one day. It's a great way for me to impress my friends when they come over to my apartment. I'm like, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> Furniture. <laughs> Would you care for a canapé, sir? Now, but I, when I say book, a DVD box set counts as one book. So I could check out 50 DVD box sets, each consisting 10 DVDs. I could have 500 DVDs in my apartment at one time. What's a DVD? The last DVD I watched was an unpleasant experience. I watched the movie, The Emoji Movie. <laughs> Come on, T.J. Miller's finest. But I wasn't able to view it because I had a very old DVD player, and so most of the characters were just boxes with X's in them. I had to use the context of their conversation to figure out what they meant. <laughs> I was a nice boy growing up. I rewound. Be kind, rewind. I hope the guy who came up with the phrase, be kind, rewind, bought a big mansion. And since I'm hoping for a lot of people, I hope the mansion next door is owned by the guy who coined the phrase, don't shit where you work. <laughs> I coined the phrase, don't shit where you work. Want to know how I came up with it? It's a funny story. True story. I was shitting where I was working. And my coworker. <laughs> My coworker said, Mike, that's not cool. I said, well, you should shit where you work. They go, no. I go, don't shit where you work. <laughs> they said, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the Louvre fired me that day. The Louvre. You guys know the Louvre? Am I pronouncing it right? <laughs> it is so popular, the Louvre, they have to close it. This is a true story. They closed the Louvre in Paris because there's just too many goddamn tourists going in there taking selfies. It's like here in San Francisco with our museum of ice cream. There's just so many people. Isn't it amazing, our sister cities, how cultured we both are? Paris, too many people at the Louvre. San Francisco. Hella people at the Museum of Ice Cream taking selfies. I'm sorry, Instagram photos. That's a real classy idea. Museum of Ice Cream. You guys been? Have you guys been to the Candytopia Museum? These are pop-ups that show up and they have rooms full of sprinkles <laughs> and bright colors and you go in and you take Instagram photos of you in a pool of sprinkles. <laughs> All right, I'm going to workshop that joke <laughs> right now. Hey guys, do you know the Louvre and the Museum of Ice Cream? 
Uh, so what a busy day. I was learning about the Museum of Ice Cream, which is apparently a place where you could take photographs. <laughs> anyway, three jokes later. <laughs> the Louvre, that's like the Museum of Ice Cream. Wow, I get it, because he, he set it up two jokes beforehand. <laughs> what craftsmanship. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking shop. I'm going to close my set by talking shop, so I need all the paying customers to get the fuck out now. <laughs> Don't look at me that way. Yeah, you too. I know you brought your kid. Hey, kid. Comedy's no, no joke. Fuck you. There, I hope I crushed his dream. <laughs> this is great. I can pretend there's, there is an audience. All right, all right, audience. Make some noise. Let's get the clubhouse cracking. <laughs> Comedians who are not Mike or Coker, I have a list. Just go ahead and write your name down on it, and I'll make sure I'll get you guys up. There you go. Uh, phonemically spell your name. If you want longer sets, just leave some money. Venmo me at Spiegelmania. I'm not the Detroit uh, DJ that goes by the name Spiegelmania. Anyway, uh, we do the Comedy Clubhouse theme song, which I haven't heard in about a year and a half. But I have watched the new Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. So it's the Pamtastic Clubhouse. Come inside, there's come inside. It's the Pamtastic Clubhouse. Come inside, there's come inside. Thank you. They Might Be Giants wrote that song. We're going to start the show. This guy, very funny, very charming. Great to have him here. Will you please give it up for Mike Whitaker? Oh, my goodness. Oh, all these cum jokes. You guys want to hear some more jokes about museums? These are very highfalutin art jokes I'm about to tell. These are more jokes about museums. It's a theme. We're all telling museum jokes tonight. This is, this is the theme of the show. Guys, I was walking through San Francisco MoMA, and I was eating a bag of Flaming Hot Cheetos. And uh, I looked at my fingers, and they were stained red. And I was like, oh, good goodness. If these Flaming Hot Cheetos do this to my fingers, then my insides must look how early Mark Rothko feels. That's a highfalutin art joke, everybody. Get used to it. I got more art jokes coming. I went to my friend's art gallery opening, not because I'm a big fan of art, but I am a big fan of free wine and salami. And you, yeah, hell yeah. That's the best part of any art gallery opening. Free wine and salami. You can lure me just about anywhere, even to look at pictures of shitty art. Mostly to look at pictures of shitty art. I was like, uh, having a conversation with the artist, and we're like standing about as far away from you as you are to me, and I'm talking to her. And in the midst of our conversation, I realize on the wall behind her is just a big blown-up photograph of her pussy, like up close. I know, very aggressive. And now I'm caught in a game called pretend this isn't a weird situation so you don't look like a Philistine who doesn't appreciate art. <laughs> oh... Facebook has been sending me sponsored posts for professional cuddlers. That's a thing. Uh, that's an occupation. And based on my metadata that Facebook has aggregated about me, Facebook seems to think I need to go visit a professional cuddler. 
And like, that's crazy. I'm like, all the things I've Google searched and looked up, that's all aggregated. And it's like, man, this guy needs to be held, bro. This guy needs to be held. Or it's one dude at Facebook who's like, you've been looking at a lot of photos of your ex recently. I think <laughs> that is... <laughs> That's another possible outcome. You ever think about that? Like all the sponsored posts you get, that's like aggregated data about yourself. You can learn a lot about yourself by looking at sponsored posts. I've been getting the same sponsored post on Instagram for Popeye's fried chicken. And I know, I know, it's very tasty. But the post itself, it's a basket of Popeye's fried chicken and it's sitting on the lip of a foamy bathtub with romantic candles lit all around it. And like, I'm fried chicken in the bathtub guy. That's, that's what my metadata has determined about me. Like, there's some algorithm somewhere that's like, in the last 30 minutes, this guy has Googled, what do kangaroos eat? Does wheatgrass have gluten in it? How to undo the curse from a warlock and the lyrics to Hollow Notes Maneater? <laughs> This is fried chicken in a bathtub, guy. I feel like if you're eating fried chicken in a bathtub, like the only other thing you need to have a perfect evening is a plugged-in toaster. I think that's probably where your evening's headed. That's a suicide joke, guys. We're all doing our best. <laughs> We're all doing our best. How are these weed treats treating us? Hell yeah, they're very peanut buttery. Fudgy as fuck, y'all. Oh. I kicked it. It happened. <laughs> We're moving on. Oh. This is the best part of the show, y'all. This is where all my jokes are going. Hell yeah, dude. Guys, uh, I have a new favorite thing in the world, and that is uh, hip-hop jokes from the 90s that name-check geographical locations, that are no longer bad neighborhoods due to gentrification. This is my favorite shit. I was listening to this song the other day. It was like, mash up to the west side just to get some doja. To a Spaco West Knife deep in Santa Rosa. And I was like, oh shit, that's me. That's my hood. And I say hood because it's short for neighborhood. Because there are like wine bars and shit there now. It's like, mash up to the west side just to get some doja. I don't think you can zone a cannabis dispensary that close to a charter school. I don't think that's going to fly. I feel like we're just going to rest into having like a not very heavy laugh evening. And I, I'm trying to break this paradigm. I, I, went, through a, I went through a breakup recently. Uh, it wasn't because it was a bad relationship. It just wasn't a good relationship for me. It was like the Taco Bell menu of relationships, like top to bottom. Safe, familiar, seems like a great idea when it's 1 a.m. and you're very drunk. You know what I'm talking about? That kind of a relationship. Oh, I feel like no one's following me on this metaphor. <laughs> I f How about this? If you can't handle me at my cheesy fiesta potatoes, you don't deserve me at my caramel apple empanada, y'all. <laughs> Nothing, dog. Hell yeah. Oh, shit. More, oh, fuck, I think I'm all out of art jokes. I told all my museum jokes up front. I'm going to tell you, not a museum crowd. Not tonight. <laughs> Sometimes you can hook them in with the, this is not a high art and culture crowd. This is like a, 
I'm going to be real. It's not a high art and culture crowd. It's also not a Taco Bell crowd. My Taco Bell jokes fell pretty flat. Even my gentrification jokes. This feels like a... What else you got? Oh, fucking... Well, shit, man. We're rocking. We're fucking, I got all sorts of shit. Let's just... Uh, let's fucking roll them dice. A dog? I do have a dog. Guys, I named my dog Bill Murray because I've always wanted to say that I fuck Bill Murray. How about that? One for one topics off the... Topics riff from the crowd. Killing this shit. Oh, uh, I'm a gay dude. I know I look like a guy that might commit a hate crime, but I am a gay dude. Uh, I was walking down the street in the Soma the other day. It was like an alleyway between like... Uh, like Folsom and another fucking street in the Selma. I'm walking down this alleyway and I had a very gay man moment in San Francisco. I'm walking down this alleyway and this car starts rolling up slow right beside me. And I'm like, am I getting cruised right now? Is this what's happening? I'm walking slow and I'm like, oh, I'm about to pick up some street trade on this deal. And uh, he rolls his window down and I'm like, hey. And he's like, oh, are you are you about to move your car right now? And I'm like, no. Nope. That's a parking in San Francisco joke, y'all. We got a lot of bus takers. I'm taking it. A lot of public transportation folks. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I don't... I don't I'm not going to write. I I've never written a single Muni joke. They're well fucking tapped in mind. Uh, <laughs> Guys, um, pornography can be great. Uh, it can be a great utility in figuring out what you might be into. Uh, it could be a bad thing if you've got compulsive tendencies or uh, you have a developing psychosexual mind. Uh, but I'll tell you this about pornography. If it weren't for pornography, I would have never learned to spell the word amateur. I know, I know. It's something, someone's second grade phonics can't help you out sounding it out. It's a tricky word. You're like, all right. A M A. Okay. Am I? <laughs> okay. I'm going to go C H. Nope. T E U. Wild card T E U. Guys, I'm Mike Whitaker. That's my time, y'all. Mike Whitaker, give it up for that veracity of wit. You just fucking went for it, man. I, I appreciate that. Oh, uh, that's very cool. All right, well, this this is a good sign. We're we're having a good show, guys, ladies. We're doing it. Oh my God. Well, let's let's not stop. Don't let my my uh, in between song banter ruin the the show. Your next comic coming to stage. I'm actually very excited that he's here. Uh, very funny, and it's great to have, be here at Pamtastics. Please give it up for Dave Coker. Hey, everybody! Welcome to my Netflix special. Yeah. Dave and eight other comedians. <laughs> so um, my week's off to a pretty weird start. My best friend sent my mom a dick pic on accident. She's being all weird about it. She won't let me see. He's my friend. I should get to see his penis. 
Oh, no, but things are going pretty well. I, uh, I graduated top of my class recently. Thank you. I mean, it was from rehab, but I uh, still feel like that's pretty impressive. I, uh, I was also drafted number one overall in our rehab basketball league. Yeah. I was the only one whose tremors didn't affect his jump shot. So, uh, yeah, if you couldn't, have, couldn't tell, I'm a recovering alcoholic. It first hit me that I had a drinking problem when I was scraping together change to buy 40s in Miller High Life. Ironically, at that point, definitely living my Miller low life. When you try to buy booze with change, the cashier should be required to ask if you're all right and then direct you to the nearest recovery center. Um, had jury duty this week. Woo. Yeah, thank you. Didn't make the cut. Apparently, if you keep asking when you get to sentence somebody to death, they ask you to leave. So, um, I'm, I just turned 29, and, uh, so I've had to start, like, figuring out things to entertain myself. So I've started committing small crimes. Nothing serious. I break into a neighbor's house, walk around a little bit, maybe leave them something nice like a fern or a vase. I'm kind of like a true crime aficionado, like, and I think the 90s had the best crime. OJ, Menendez Brothers, that lady that cut her husband's dick off. Lorena Bobbitt. Yes. Love Lorena. Step it up, modern day criminals. Make crime great again. I'm married. My lovely wife is over there. Thank you. I mean, it's all right. She's always making me like listen to podcasts and read books, marriage counseling. It's like she wants this relationship to work out or something. The other day we got into an argument all because I was trying to be nice. I, I got home from work and I kissed her and took her head in my hands and she looked at me and I thought she was going to say something nice, but instead she just said, uh, you're wiping my eyebrows off. <laughs> we don't really argue that much. Like, I mostly just do what I'm told. And I'm basically like a dog that does the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> so I've never really been good at anything. But I went to one of those schools that believes in the participation award. And so we're at the end of the school, uh, school year awards assembly, and my teacher starts handing out the awards. And she calls the first kid up, and he gets most athletic, and everyone cheers. She calls the second kid up, and she gets best grades, and everyone cheers again. And then it's my turn. I'm finally going to be recognized for being good at something. At the very least, the least terrible is something. So she calls my name, 
and I go up to the front of the class. She gives me my award, and my award was the oldest kid in the class. The only thing I was good at was being born before everybody else. I've started giving pictures of myself as gifts recently. Some some officially a huge conceited asshole. It's really arrogant. It's like saying, do you want to know what would go great in your house? Me. I can't imagine somebody being like excited about it. Like I give them a gift and they're like, oh, what is it? They open it. Oh, it's you. Wonderful. Like, is my dad supposed to feel like happy when he gets a picture of me? No. He's going to think about how if he had just pulled out one second sooner, he'd have a beach house right now. Yeah, then I wouldn't be here doing this. <laughs> um, I have a real issue with God right now. Mostly because he could have made dragons real. But instead, he made honeydew. The worst fruit. I dated this homeschool girl for a while. And I know what you're thinking. The answer is yes. We held hands so hard. Obviously, we broke up. But I still look her up every now and then, like a big internet weirdo, you know? And uh, she's a nun now. Apparently, all she needed to do was touch my hand to know she wanted no part of sex ever. (laughs) I also had this uh, homeschool friend. My mom made me be friends with him. And he had this speech impediment. He couldn't say his R's. Doesn't really say much about his uh, homeschool's English department. And one day I'm over there and we're playing Madden and I score on him or something and he loses his mind. He throws the controller, he gives the biggest DX crotch chop I've ever seen and he screams at the top of his lungs, suck my little wiener! I wasn't allowed over there after that. I think I'm going to pull a George Costanza, end on a high note. My name is David Coker. Thank you, guys. David Coker. And ladies and gentlemen, David Coker. Yeah. Great job. High quality entertainment. If you're listening to this show, as you can on uh, Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse podcast or streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Visit the website, mutinyradio.fm, and hit the donate button and donate $5 through PayPal. Right? We don't have commercials. There's no commercials here. That's it. My favorite commercial begins, Stowitz here. 
That plays all the time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to keep this show going because I have nothing to say. Your next comic coming on stage. Very funny gentleman. I've seen him before. Works uh, in uh, local government, right? Your SF guy? Yeah, Velasco, everyone. Let's give it up. Thank you. Give it up for your host. My name is Velasca. Uh, I'm, I'm a public defender here in San Francisco. So, Dave, you'll never be on one of my juries unless I'm representing one of these fools over here. Uh, I, I like the feel. It's like kind of like an open mic vibe. My man right here, you read that article, right? Yeah. So at the beginning of the year, uh, the Chronicle did a little piece on me being a public defender and a comedian that came here at Mutiny Radio, and I was pretty stoked. This feels like my, my home room. And when the reporter was asking me questions, uh, I wanted to be open and really vulnerable, so he asked me about the first time I ever did stand-up, and that was like four or four years ago at Brainwash. And I had a three-minute set where I talked about the top five most mundane text messages interrupting porn on my phone. That's right. That was the same response I got when I did that set over four years ago. But here's the thing. The only people beside my man right here who actually read that article were judges because they actually get the hard copy of the Chronicle. So when it came out, I was walking around the Hall of Justice and every five to ten minutes, a judge would walk up. Hey, Belaska, I read the article. Great article. I really love the story. And after like a few hours, I just stopped. I was like, I'm not a pervert, all right? I'm not a weirdo. I watch porn on my laptop like everyone else, okay? Not fucking some fucking sick psychopath. Uh, but I am not very proud about that article. But I wanted to be open, you know? So, I mean, it, it was cool because uh, I always feel like I, I gravitate back here on a Friday night. Definitely not at Punchline or Cobbs because they wouldn't have me. Um, on a Friday night, maybe Sunday, probably Wednesday. Definitely not on a Friday night. Uh, as a public defender, one of the things I hate, people always ask, how can you represent those guilty people? Um, and I sometimes respond, um, what makes you any better? You just offered me cocaine like five minutes ago, all right? <laughs> That, that question, how can you represent guilty people, really means um, cocaine is cool, crack is gross. Or in other words, fuck black people, all right? Like, if you think, you know, the 80s and racism and the war on drugs uh, are dead, you can just walk into the criminal courthouse and it's all alive and kicking. You can see, like, graffiti, breakdance fighting, and disproportionate setting laws as it relates to cocaine base versus cocaine salt, all right? It's still alive and kicking. You know, if um, I could make a metaphor about the war on drugs, I think drugs are like Floyd Mayweather Jr. Still undefeated, all right? Um, one thing, and thank you, Dave, for bringing up my next topic of jury selection. Uh, I hate it when like a lot of my friends who are purportedly woke uh, will say, I can never do jury duty because the system is unfair. And they always say, what can one person do? 
I don't know, fucking hang a jury? <laughs> Nullify a jury trial? You know, you're the only person standing in between like innocence and like this prosecutor who's racistly overcharged, this young black man, I don't know. You know, there's plenty of things you can fucking do. I hear crazy ass reasons too uh, why people want to get out of jury, jury duty. One time uh, I was sitting in the courtroom and there are oftentimes opportunities for people to explain like hardships. This, this one person uh, stood up, was asking the bailiff, is this where I stand in line to wait for the judge uh, to tell him my reason? The bailiff said yes. And this dude said, uh-uh, me no English. Me no English. I was like, dude, this white ass motherfucker is really brazen. And he got off because um, I didn't want him on. All right. If you're going to go through those lengths, I don't want you to be on my jury. Um, but here's the thing, too, because, you know, if you can, you know, give up a couple days, push your, your project, you know, down the road at work, um, I think you can do a lot of good being on a jury. Uh, and even if you, I don't know, have Coachella tickets, maybe watch it next year. Unless Beyonce is headlining again, and I'm sure the judge would uh, totally say excused. And I'm pretty sure my defendant would also say you should probably go watch that show. I see some crazy ass shit though, like being in the courtroom one time, I had a client who was shackled and he was uh, in his orange jumpsuit and he comes out escorted to the lectern. He looks me up and down and says, I ain't letting no chink represent me. I was like, whoa, <laughs> sir, I ain't no chink. I'm a gook, okay? <laughs> I mean, look, you wanna talk about sports? I can get really deep into sports analytics. You wanna talk about politics? I can spend all day talking about the problems of the two-party system. You wanna be racist? I guarantee I'll be more racist because that's what public defenders do. We create bonds of trust and loyalty between our attorneys and the clients so we can win cases. Uh, you know, I uh, once snuck, thank you, Jonathan. Have a great night, man. Appreciate it. Um, I snuck contraband into jail one time uh, for a client who was facing life in prison. And it is not what you think, it's worse. It was a McDonald's cheeseburger. I mean, like no one wants drugs or sex, it was a cheeseburger. And this is how you sneak contraband into the county jail. I took the cheeseburger and I cut it into quarters and I aired it out and I um, thought about what a wonderful way to end my legal career. And I, and I put it in a plastic bag, I put it in my jacket, and I had my client sit with his back turned to the sheriff's window, and I took a piece out, I handed it under the table, and I said, take it. Not yet. Now, chew, chew, stop. Swallow it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, here's another one. Grab it. Not yet. Stop. Go ahead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is it done? I'm going to give you the rest, okay? Bingo. 
And that's how you free someone from county jail, all right? We beat his murder case, and I tell myself that story every time in the drive-through at McDonald's, getting my kids fast food, because if it's good enough to free someone from jail, it's good enough to get through the evening. All right, thank you, everyone. Give it up to the host. Appreciate it. Alaska, ladies and gentlemen. What's your website? I need an attorney. Do you have a classy phone number? Yeah, sfgov.org. Sfgov.org, not to be confused with sfgov.gov. Someone took that URL. <laughs> oh, well, we're more of an organization than government, so we should do an ORG. sfgov.org, move over, Kristen Dolan. San Francisco's got a new attorney. Fucking move over, Chris Dolan. Jesus fucking Christ. How does that guy keep winning awards in uh, the magazines he advertises in? Please. Thank you. My next 10 minutes will be hyper-local references to people who advertise <laughs> in the SF Examiner and the SF Weekly. I was over by City Hall and uh, I was using the ATM and somebody printed a handwritten sign that said Chris Dolan is a thief and a crook. And it was a thick paragraph explaining how this guy fucked over this other guy. Oh, allegedly, allegedly. Well, I said allegedly. And of course, the best part were the typos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna... I'm thrilled that you guys are here and baked off of edibles. Your next comic, Ron Ron, where are you, man, sir? Come on up. Mike, love the uh, energy in the room. Um, speaking of art, Mike, like I couldn't help but notice the the artwork here in this in this room. Like it's like the, the a bunny who's like a murder, cooking in unicorn. Like it's like the story like it's kind of like a thousand ways to kill a unicorn. Basically, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> All right, we can watch that later. Let's focus on me first, all right? <laughs> so um, I was, uh, in case you don't know, I was, um, I was born on an island uh, off the coast of China called Japan. <laughs> just kidding, I'm, I'm Chinese. My island, you know, it's just like Hawaii, right? But with less Chinese people. So, I mean, that's just my background, which is why I throw it out there so that you know who I am, you know, just be clear about that. Um, there is some news I want to tell you, kind of, because, like, my ex-girlfriend just got engaged. I was like, just, I saw her posting, like, some, like, engagement ring on Facebook. I was, like, so mad. I was like, you know, why do people just post, like, their engagement ring when they get married, right? Like, I don't even think you need a ring when you get married. Right, if I were to propose to her, I would just give her a vibrator. Cause it's like, it's cheaper, it's much more practical, and it has the same message, you know, you will never be alone. Right, does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that there's a response. I can't see your face, but I appreciate your, your response. Um, so I Googled this guy, Look, I have to know that, right? It turns out this guy looks just like me, 
but with low resolution. I'm like, I was really, like, I was like, oh my god, my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend must be really missing my body. <laughs> I mean, I really, like, I kind of over, I'm over her already, so I really, kind of really happy for them. I, I wish them live happily, you know, till the end of their death, you know, like maybe tomorrow when I murder them. <laughs> no, I just have thoughts. I would not do it. Just, you know, we all have that thoughts, you know. <laughs> Um, but I think about the reason why I kind of we broke is because I I had this fear, kind of a commitment, right? Like I was I think it's because when I when I was a kid I read this story about like female mantis eating her husband. It just like I got scared. Like I was like, what if like she's gonna eat me, right? No, one time we're in bed and she's like, Do you have protection? I was like, Of course I have protection. So I put on my helmet, <laughs> machine guards and bulletproof vest just to be safe. Um, um, eventually we broke up, right, simply because she broke out of the cage I built. <laughs> no, I didn't build that cage. It's a gift from my dad. <laughs> nah, we didn't, we didn't do that. It's, uh, I'm just kidding, you know. We normally don't, don't use cages. Unless it's necessary. Just kidding. That never happened, you know. By the way, I'm single. <laughs> Just so, you know. uh. so um, I actually earlier I was uh, in a training. Um, I I told a guy that I do stand-up comedy in San Francisco, and uh, she's like, he's like, oh, good job, keep doing it. He told me a very inspirational story, like. He told me a story about this, this lady who had a stage three cancer and, and she went to a comedy show for three days. She laughed so hard that basically gave her hope. And I was like, wow, like, literally comedy can save people's lives. Right, since then, you know, every time when I saw someone bleeding on the street, I just went, went to him and told him a joke, just save his life before I walked away. You know, he, like this guy's like, I'm bleeding, call 911. And I'm like, listen, you know, I was born on an island off the coast of China called Japan. You're not laughing. <laughs> um, next time I'm thinking about just going to the Golden Gate Bridge to do some crowd work there. To those who want to jump on the bridge, right? Like, <laughs> uh, like they're like, <laughs> see people there, like, I'm like, hey, how are y'all doing tonight? <laughs> are you here by yourself with, with a partner? Uh, what's your energy level? So, and your energy is pretty low. What's going on? You look pretty depressed. Uh, are you, have you not thinking about being a comedian? And I just like see people just like jumping off the bridge and maybe there's one guy like coming to me. He's like, oh, you know, I was thinking about jumping off the bridge. But after hearing your comedy, I think you should go first. <laughs> um, so lately I was, uh, is that a comment for my stuff? Okay. Uh, lately I was talking with a, with a colleague and told her that when I, when I was a kid, I was really fat and ugly. And she's like, I don't believe it. Do you have a photo? So I showed her the photo, she looked at it and she's like, 
you look pretty much the same. Like, can you believe that? No, I didn't do anything. I just like went home and put her name onto my haters spreadsheet. Like, I have a spreadsheet for my haters, like, like the guy working at DMV, like, like my neighbor and um, like my mom. <laughs> like sometimes after a show, like this is one time after a show, a guy comes to come comes to me and and he's like, you know, you make a lot of jokes about your mom. Like, what if she found out? If it was my mom, she'd be very upset. And I was like, well, I mean, that's your mom, right? My mom doesn't understand English. <laughs> so people say, you know, people ask me just how to be kind of healthier. And I think if you want to be healthier, you got to build a habit, right, for it, right? It's kind of the discipline thing, right? That's why I update my hitter spreadsheet every night. Like, you know, for me, like, <laughs> updating my spreadsheet is like taking a dump in the bathroom. It's kind of a cleanse. Right, but there were people who asked me, "Hey, have you ever like crossed that person off your spreadsheet and put them back into your life?" And I was like, "Well, have you ever put your pool back into your body?" <laughs> so um, I just came back from from San Diego, and I was at the airport. Something great happened, you know, great great happened actually. So I met this woman at the airport. Right, um, I I was like, we just like. Have you ever met someone for the first time just like fell in love? I mean, we just had a great chemistry, you know. We, we had great, great fun, so we slept together that night, that night right? And um, um, she was great, we had a great time. And she only charged me 50 bucks. It's supposed to be a joke, but. <laughs> um, but like, you know, turn, turns out that she actually, um, she actually, we, it didn't happen, like actually, but um, she did tell me that she's actually provi provide adult entertainment experience. And she's like, do you want to try it? I'm like, I thought about it. I was like, well, probably not given that we're waiting in line at the airport. All right, that's my last joke. Thank you all. All right, Ron Zhao, did I, I mispronounce your name, right? Perfect. Oh, it is perfect. I, well, what do you know? I'm a terrific host as well. Give it up for all of us. Yeah, but me. Uh, we, uh, I'm glad you guys are here. I just, I just like to complain about uh, the person who sold me a vibrator at Good Vibrations. It was a dildo, excuse me. And uh, she told me it was dishwasher safe, but I wish she elaborated more because now my dishes taste like ass. Yeah. So I need to take... Dishwasher safe, but not roommate safe. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I have to work on that joke. Let me work on that joke. So I went to the store. <laughs> you mentioned good vibrations to hook it in. Maybe I should just, well, all right. I'll have to, next, next time. Next comic coming to the stage. Very funny gentleman. Well, what a pleasure to see him. Uh, looking, looking good, too. I want to make sure our listening audience knows that... Uh, he spared no expense, and it's only your loss for not coming here live. Will you please get up for David Stowitz? You know, I try to be a good liberal and stay constantly outraged about everything to the point of exhaustion, but I live on a farm with puppies and roses, and they're making it very difficult, you guys. 
like I try to reason with the docs. I say, but what about Trump, the economy, climate change, sex trafficking, and all just... And then they roll over and expose their belly for me to pet, and it just ruins my despair. So here I am, being happy for absolutely no reason. I do that. You know, I don't mean to keep making jokes about celebrities right before they die. It just happens naturally, you guys. I think God just gets sick of these people at the same time I do. That's the only explanation I could think of. Uh... Uh, once a month, I drive up to uh, the Chesbro Reservoir in the South Bay, and uh, there I rescue my friend Kenny from a dog kennel where he works. We have a good professional arrangement. I give him a treat if he's good. I take him down to uh, KSEO in Santa Cruz where we hang out at AM radio station. I just love conservatives. Um, they, they're into pyramid schemes and Rush Limbaugh. It's a great combination. No, it's not, no matter how much bacon you add. I totally feel out of place there. And, uh, you know, I, I'm worried about homophobia, and they, they dismiss the whole thing as paranoia. They're like, Dave, most people aren't that way, all right? Most people don't think like that, but most people don't think, period. Have you noticed this? Most people don't read books. Most people can't spell. Most people don't vote. And the people who do vote overwhelmingly don't read books and can't spell. So here we are. That's how it goes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a weirdo, and I believe in keeping Santa Cruz weird to a point. But then you see some guy half naked on Pacific Avenue who's wearing green polka dot sweatpants, strung out on meth, sweating all over the place, working on his mumble rap album, but only in another dimension, and just stopping every now and then to yell, keep it weird, man, keep it weird. Just saying maybe weird has its limits. I'm beginning to think that. I went to this uh, mixer afterwards where I got hit on by a 300 pound gay guy uh, who didn't understand the concept of monogamy. And uh, he also wanted me to come to his Mary Poppins sing-along, which would have been cool when I was three, but I've kind of grown since then. You move on. Uh, his roommate was a little more tripsy. He got home uh, after his alarm had been going off for an hour, loudly and violently. And the first thing out of his mouth is, do you want to see a real Hitler youth knife? <laughs> if it's got to be weird, it's got to be Santa Cruz. Yeah, sure, why the hell not? So I helped him translate the inscription, actually. Apparently, blut means blood and honor. Not bad for a half-Jew, eh? Yeah. I'm supposed to have all this money and power because my dad's Jewish, but I haven't seen any of it, you guys. I'm going to have to bring it up with the elders of Zion next year at the Prague Cemetery at midnight. It's going to be a real sticking point. I know what everybody's wondering. Do we actually drink the blood of Christian babies? The answer is no. It's even worse. We drink straight vermouth, and it's so disgusting. I can't recommend it. It's awful. You know, I tried to pray away the gay, you guys, but all it did was make me more grateful for dick. I don't know. I'm starting to have faith. I I don't know how to express it or explain it. People are like... uh, What's the deal with you and your imaginary friend? And I'm like, but God doesn't believe in images. How can be Im- imaginary? Eh, religion jokes, yeah. Very popular here in San Francisco. This city is the shit, is what I used to say, but now I just say the city is the shit. Yeah, we're dealing with it. It's all right. I love this place. I remember when we were having the third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, and we were supposed to sell 750 tickets, and instead we sold seven. And it was the third year in a row, and I still didn't get booked. 
Uh, hi, Miss Pam. Who else can talk about her bush for 20 minutes and then discuss how to make TH cheese with her breast milk? One lovely woman, really. Very fond of her. Very fond of everybody here. Um, let's see. I used to do methamphetamine, but I quit when Breaking Bad ended. It seemed like a good time for it. That's a lot like Judaism. Wonderful highs, terrible lows, but most of the time you're in purgatory. I don't know. It's not for everybody. Um, I'm not drinking anymore, you guys, but I'm not drinking any less either. Yeah, that's a Doris Day joke, but she's not going to fight me for it now, is she? All right, no, that was mean-spirited, like my Carol Channing joke. You want to hear that one, too? It's so good to have her back where she belongs. <laughs> Dark humor's like food. Not everyone gets it. I have to be okay with that. Uh, let's see. Other things. So yeah, I pray all the time to God for justice. In return, he makes dogs fart on me while I'm praying. So clearly, I must be in the wrong. I have to forgive everyone who's ever hurt me. I think that's the only way the farts are ever going to end at this point. Because like, the arc of history is long, but it bends towards dog farts at this point. <laughs> So I just have to try something different. Uh, how do you guys like physical comedy? I've been a bad boy. Who wants to spake me? San Francisco. You, sir, you look like a disciplinarian. Go ahead, give her a whack. Oh, yeah. That was a mental whack. See, that joke is just awkward with other comedians. Oh, well. Let's see. I like cheese. You guys like cheese? I don't know why I always bring this up, but there's over 600 different types of cheese in the world. I just can't get over that fact. 400 in France alone. Most people don't like Velveeta and their humor, but I find that it, it goes well with broccoli. I could ham it up if you like, but uh, I don't actually eat pork other than my boyfriend's chorizo. Yeah. You guys know how to make unholy water? It's called baking soda. If you throw it on Orthodox rabbis, it makes them melt. It's awesome. <laughs> Look what you've done to my beautiful baking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Those edibles are good, I have to admit. Um, let's see. I didn't grow up with Christianity. Uh, but I like the New Testament. Jesus is okay, because you never hear about anybody going New Testament on someone's ass, right? Nobody's ever like, you son of a bitch, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn the other cheek and forgive you. And then I'm going to pray for you, motherfucker. It's going going down. Yeah. I thought I could be a rapper once, but that lasted about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, brain fart. It's awesome. Can you smell it? You remember where the fires were going on? I had the worst farts during the fires, and you couldn't open the windows, and it was just gas everywhere. Nothing you could do about it. I will resort to blue humor. You know, when you get into comedy, you have to decide what kind of comedian you want to be. You could be clean or dirty or schizophrenic like me. I don't recommend that one. I have a positive form of schizophrenia, though, that causes me to hear uplifting voices in my head. So forever, you suck, and you'll never make it a comedy. There's a practice, patience, and forgiveness in there. It balances it out. Um, you know, I'm, I trained in the empty open mic school of Zen Buddhism, so I'm, I'm comfortable with the silence. I find it centers me. It's very good. Um, there's this mountain near my place called Mount Madonna. It's really gorgeous and beautiful, and you can go up there and meditate in absolute silence with no cell phone signal. You know, I, I think I would have become a monk if it hadn't been for the whole cocksucking thing. Yeah. It gets in the way of certain vows and orders. 
But yeah, it's my thing. Oh, what do I end on? What do I end on? That's what my suicidal friends are always asking. <laughs> I think suicide is so cliche, San Francisco. It's just been done to death at this point. Wouldn't you agree? I'd like to try something different. Um, I never went and saw that Suicide Squad movie. All I had to do was hang out with Peninsula Comics. That was enough. <laughs> you know what? I really miss Paul Brumbaugh, though. He always has so much opinion to offer on the issues of today affecting you. <laughs> uh, okay. I wish you well, guys. Peace, love, fluffy bunnies. David Stowitz, give it up for comedian David Stowitz. Knocks it out of the park and ends with talking about Paul Brumbaugh from the... That's how the professionals do it. Go turn on Netflix, there's Kate Willett talking about the th everything great and ends about a story about Paul Brumbaugh. That's, that's called comedy. Are you from the Peninsula area? Where are you from? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to bring on the funniest Santa Cruz comedian this show can afford. Will you please give it up for Travis West? Is this on the radio somewhere? Hopefully not. If so, keep it classy. I'm into bestiality. <laughs> not quite into it, but I just support it. And, uh, you know, gay people, but just not gay people who indulge in bestiality. That's too much. Come on. i uh not really good at predicting things. Never been one to catch on to a trend. But I think this social media thing's really going to catch on. <laughs> yeah. The internet, huh? Facebook. YouTube, they give you them recommendations. He knows. I started trying to down this train. I was going to do something good. Sit there with some positive influence, watch a nice little puppy video. I like the ones with the short legs. And then it recommends Snoop Dogg. I'm like, it's a stretch, but here, let's go. Let's listen to some rap. Listen to rap. It's like, next thing. Poverty in L.A. Next recommended video, Starvation in Africa. Before I know it, I'm watching just straight genocide videos. <laughs> I hate retards. You know, like the Italian uh, notation for musical compositions. It's, uh... Oh, re retard, I guess. Maybe you say it that way. It's, uh, yeah, it slow da slows down at the end of the measure. It's just finicky. No, I mean, especially abled people, I think, are rad. I totally can be positive members of society and stuff and fit in. I think, I think they can, like, pick up trash or whatever. Just not with the eye contact, right? Ooh, God, no one likes that. 
especially people. Oh man, that would suck, huh? If you had a kid and they were especially able, and I was telling this joke. Is it a joke? No. But uh, I went through puberty a while ago. See, they knew. In the 90s, got a little emotional about about the music of the time, like Stone Temple Pilots, House and Chains, I was all into it. Pearl Jam. But I never knew that that was a performance voice. I always thought they'd do, that was just their everyday voice. Like Eddie Vedder going to the grocery store, he looks down and he's, he's like, and I needed a quart of milk a dozen eggs, a little bit of butter. And I needed toilet paper, paper towels, and other types of paper. What other kind of paper would there be? It's a thought experiment. <laughs> uh, you know what? This is my 27th time doing a set of comedy. And that's three cubed. Wait, check this, double check this in the booth. Three squared, I believe. Who cares? No one cares. Why do I notice these things? Doesn't matter. But somehow, I always see these little patterns that show up, you know, like you see it twice a day, 11-11, you're like, what? That must mean something. But your brain just associates some kind of meaning to it because it's like find, trying to find patterns. And I have a damn rational brain. There's no pattern. But then I'm like, well, it is my birthday, 11-11. I had sex with a girl whose birthday was 11-11 as well. And she was 11 years older. So I'm like, yeah, we should just create a super tumultuous relationship for years. Keep it going because it's so significant, the universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever, dude. This is cool. You guys come here and fucking... Who's listening to this? Who are you people? Where am I? Where does this guy drive me to? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks. Travis West. West of here, right? No, east of here. Santa Cruz. By the way, it's all Stowitz's fault. Stowitz said you were cool. <laughs> I said, Stowitz said you're cool? I'm cool. I'll put you up. <laughs> Great day today. I lost my phone. Your next, uh, your final performer this evening. Fantastic. Very funny. He has a great show coming up. You'll learn more in a second. Please give it up for Joanne Bateman. <laughs> 
everybody. You guys are so funny. I was in the back um, mainly because I ate a lot of broccoli today, like too much. And I just felt like I needed to be sequestered away from everybody, just to give everybody a much more pleasant experience. <laughs> um, so yes, I, uh, I host a weekly show here called Moonday Night School with me and three other women, same age, same color hair, same amount of children. None, none. We don't have any children, but uh, but but we're we're all very different, very different people. But the show that I'm promoting tonight is actually my first ever solo performance. Like it's 45 minutes, and I'm doing it tomorrow for the first time ever. And this week, I've been super nervous the whole week, uh, just like that. Paralysis. You guys all are artists and performers. You know that paralysis that like strikes you, <laughs> and like just like <laughs> you know drugs, alcohol, going through your boyfriend's laptop just to find a picture of a woman from his past, and then getting really irate, getting in a fight, and then eating too much broccoli. Uh, that was my day today. Um, but here is my flyer for my show. Just hold it. Give it your energy. Give it your good vibes. Um, yeah, and if you want to support it, you could physically come. If you are hungry and have $2, I'm selling like cookies to help produce the show because the space. Oh, you have one already. Okay, great. Um, but I wanted to give you a little taste. So um, there's some drama. Oh, my God. No! I don't do that, but that's like the vibe that I hope you guys feel during the dramatic portion of the show. Um, there is some comedy uh, where I like, oh my god, what, San Francisco? Is it your Rumspringer too? I ask somebody that um, down at the Civic Center, because I'm from Ohio, and I feel like Bay Area is like my Europe, my gap year, so I do some like stand-up. But then I go into the drama, and then, to lighten things up, it all kind of hatched because of the um, Sarah Bareilles song. Say what you want to say. Let the words fall out. Honestly, I want to see you be brave. Yeah, I got to work on that because I'm going to be doing that. Um, that's it, yeah. And so that was her 2016 election song, right? And I was like, oh my god. Four years later, there's six women running for president. Six strong pussies running for president. And I wonder what their campaign theme song is going to be. And I, I thought of a couple. And I wanted to share them with you because it's kind of one of the threads that threads throughout the show is um, the lights black out, and we bring up to the stage for Kamala Harris, Ariana Grande. Yeah, you love it how she moves, yeah. You love it how she touch you, Kamala. When all is said and done, we need a woman in the White House. Kamala, she is so fine, yeah. Starbucks put a waste of time, yeah. Prosecutor and the senator. See the way she like it, how she comes the letter. Refuse to relive last election. 
I'm sorry that I gave you erections. You gotta listen, I'm a sexy mouth. We need a woman in the White House, yo. Any other uh, candidates that they're aware of running for office? Elizabeth Warren. All right. Uh, for Elizabeth Warren, it's a toughie. It's a real tough one for me. I gotta turn on the fan here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Beyonce! Turn it up, DJ. She's honest, she fought for native people, so they called her Pocahontas. She resisted, she persisted, it's not that complicated. Get out of your car, get out of your boat, it's time to vote for Warren because he will be the next president. How about, uh, okay, there's another toughie for Joe Joe. How about uh, track number two? It's Katy Perry for Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, started over, DJ, sorry. Here we go. You're so hypnotizing. I hear you are a Hindu. Rep Ganesh and Vishnu. Oh, so galvanizing because you were in Iraq counting up the sick and dead from Hawaii. That's a whole other world. When we colonize most recently, Tulsi Gabbard says, get ready to vote, bring us into the light. the show when the energy drops. Um, I'm going to do one more. Uh, come on, use your brain. Who else is running for president that's a female? Donald Trump. No. <laughs> I don't have one for him, but I have one with him in the title. So let's give it up for Marianne Williamson, Oprah's guru. We've got, <laughs> we've got Cher. Do you start it over? <laughs> start it over. I gotta really hear it. Pump up that sub mixer. Here we go. Is that it? That's it. 
So come on out. Give me some love. I'm uh, not going to kill you with anything but a great show. Joanne Bateman, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to come and listen to Muni Radio. Come down to Muni Radio to check out her show. Wow, speaking of shows, this is probably my favorite show since that episode of Mork and Mindy where they uh, go meet uh, Happy Days. I'm kidding, that was actually a Happy Days episode. And then they repurposed it into a Mork and Mindy pilot. All right. Television is this analog box that it showed. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for being part of this show. Thank you for, uh, thank you David's son, son over there for helping us on the board uh, and you guys with patience. And I hope you do if you're following uh, us, always follow Mutiny Radio. I'm Mike Spiegelman. Thank you comedians, thank you audience, thank you world, good night.